This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversations about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We're excited about this one. We are. And gosh, it has been a crazy day for us. We have been at the fair. Ooh. We went to Mr. Gaddy's. Yep. That's right. uh, we played some arcade games. Randy beat me for the first ever time in skee ball today. Um, 22,000 points. Yeah. I had 21,000, so don't let him make it seem like it's that <laughs> impressive. But now. We are here doing this podcast, and we are so glad that you're with us. So, um, if you haven't already, we like to tell you this at the beginning of every episode, but check us out at Facebook and Instagram at Reclaiming Families, and um, if you haven't yet, we would love for you to go on to our uh, podcast page and rate and review us. We'd love a good five-star rating and tell your friends. Um, we also have a website, reclaimingfamilies.org, that you can check out with a bunch of different resources and things like that. We also want you to keep in the back of your mind that November 13th, we are having a Birds and the Bees seminar where um, Emily King, who was with us the last couple weeks, is going to be there sharing how to talk to your kids about sex and puberty. So definitely don't want to miss that. Check out our website if you have any questions. There's not a ton of information uh out about that yet but uh keep uh, up to date with us and you can find out more about it yeah that should be exciting I, like we've already been through that class and going through it again is uh will probably be just uh, as fun yeah. as the first time so it's good so today we have a uh, topic we want to talk about and it's called oneness in marriage but particularly financial oneness yeah. and all the struggles and all the benefits and blessings that come from pursuing oneness and it's also a tough topic yeah it really gets to our hearts and, and uh, go ahead. i mean we've been having it's kind of been a topic that's come up a lot within a lot of people that we've been talking to recently that's right not just oneness in marriage but specifically that financial piece of marriage you know um what we do with our finances reveals a lot about our hearts and it can be one area that we want to hold on to to be our own and not be something that is shared in the oneness that's right of marriage so yeah i remember in marriage counseling the guy that did our marriage counseling was talking about how you have to have these conversations you have to have these topics even though or these conversations about these topics that you don't want to talk about and finances is one of those topics where he might say hey have you talked about finances yet and you might be like no we haven't really talked about finances because we're there's something in there that we want to hold on to there's something in there that we're trying to protect and finances really does expose you. It's funny because it's almost like if you don't talk about it, you can keep living in your own world thinking that like you're going to get your way on it. Because I remember the first time, like I remember being engaged and Randy having an Excel and doing a budget and it was like, golf has this much money he doesn't even play golf but he had money budgeted for golf and all this stuff and i remember crying because i was like you're not gonna let me spend money on anything that's right that's right um, and, but like that's the conversation that you had to have like okay yeah i'm not even thinking about what what are your 
What are the things that you want to spend money on? What's important for you? Because it's actually important for us to come together and be one in these things. And, and for but the you, record, I don't even think Randy spent a penny on golf in the time that that's we've been right, married. That's right. I thought we were going to hang out and play golf, you know, me and some, some buddies. But, we, yeah, I just – I really uh, – I like golf, but – I don't ever really like to play it that much. I like to drive golf carts. But but anyways, so I guess we want to start with just kind of giving some perspective on oneness with the application for our finances. So it's kind of like to move forward for the application of finances, these would be the things that you have to hold on to and kind of become fluent in. And so I guess yeah. we're talking about them as almost like, assumptions that this is what you believe about marriage right. in order to apply it to your finances. Would you say that's kind of what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, I'd say this is the bedrock. This is the foundation for oneness. And this is our foundation for oneness. And uh, it needs to be your foundation for oneness. That's good. Um, and it's basically, it's just the Bible. It's, it's a principle from the Bible. Yeah, it's in many different places in the Bible. But one place in particular is Ephesians 5. And uh, the verse is, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And so that's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful verse. And again, that's like multiple places in Scripture. Isn't that, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's back in Genesis, like, after, like with the first marriage, yeah, right? That's right, like that's right. Since the beginning. That's right. It's God's design from the beginning. And so... Um, and then we're getting at the purpose of marriage. So the purpose of marriage is not necessarily my happiness, even though marriage does produce happy people, uh, by and large. And then uh, the happiest people on the planet are heterosexual, married couples. Religious. Religious couples. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but also the purpose of marriage, the reason that God created marriage was for His glory so that he would be glorified in his image bearers. And so really the foundation is that God made us in his image to be like him. And so when marriage is done right, it should be a picture of God himself, a God who loves his church and lays down his life for his church. That's the man who lays down his life for his bride. And even beyond, I mean, and I would not say and beyond, but and um, God, a God who dwells three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all together in one great God. It's like he is the perfect picture of oneness and unity. Right. And so, I mean, I think I've heard Randy say before, um, I think we've actually, we're even having the conversation about finances, but just like, you know, there's a healthy marriage when you can't find the start and the end of one person, like yeah. it's all joined together. And that is, you know, a display of the image of God and his oneness in the, the unity of the Trinity. That's right. That's right. And, and so, and to God, unity is important. So just unity in the church, you know, the church should be one and uh, not, uh, God hates divisiveness. And there's so many verses about, Hey, divisive people, put them out of the church. You know, cast them out and uh, because God's people are to be one because God is one and it displays to the world that God is a God of oneness. He's a God of unity. Um, and so, yeah, so part of being married, part of the our uh, purpose in marriage is to display 
God and His goodness and His design. And we do that by pursuing oneness. And so specifically with finances, we're saying that the picture of marriage, the unity of marriage, and the display that it is of the gospel with Christ and His church, the display that it, the display that marriage is of the unity of the Trinity, is so much more important than finances. So marriage is more important than finances because God's glory is more important than money. That's right. That's right. I think what you're getting, like in a long-term perspective, it's like one day you're going to stand before God and you're not going to have any of the money that you accumulated on this planet. You're not going to have any of the wealth. and uh, But you are going to have to look God, you know, in the, yeah, I don't know, in the face, or you're going to, you'll be before God. And uh, you're going to have to say, hey, I rejected your design or I embraced your design. I glorified you on the earth or I rejected you. And that's why God is more important than your finances because he is more ultimate than your finances, more permanent than your finances. And there's so many implications for that beyond just marriage. I mean, Absolutely. there's there's reasons why God's word says it's easier than a, a, a camel to go through the eye. I mean, like, what yeah, is it? Camel, camel to go through the eye of the needle. needle yeah. Than it is for yeah. a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And so, you know, money reveals a lot about our hearts. And, um, you know, if we talk about why this is difficult in marriage, it's because two different people's hearts are two different people's sinful hearts. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's there beyond just the different interests, the different um, desires for money, the different value systems. But then we add in the like twistedness of our sin and it's two people, Lord willing with the same bank account that are wanting two different things with money. Yeah. And they got to come to one thing with money. Right. And yeah, we're not, we're not against money. We're pro building wealth and pro, um, yeah, but we're, we're actually, we're all, more so than we are building wealth. We're more about how do you glorify God with what you've been given and especially your family mm-hmm. and, uh, don't sacrifice your family for wealth. Don't sacrifice God's design for wealth. You've put wealth in the wrong priority. So let's talk about this for a second. And we're, I feel like we're kind of getting there. But why is this so complicated in marriages? Why are we having these conversations so frequently in this season of life right now? That's right. Yeah, because I think that uh, you hit it on earlier. Like we have, I've got my own ideas that I want to do with money. And you have your own ideas. And, you know, money is really also this kind of, it's the sacrifice that we, you know, have attained like we have sacrificed our time to attain this and so its value is kind of like hey that's that's worth you know this amount of money is worth your entire year's worth of labor right and so it's very valuable just in that sense or it's somebody else's sacrifice that also allows you to you know do so many different things have so many different more possibilities open up to you what you can build and do and create and and so we want that yeah we cling to it and I mean, just to I guess speak directly into it to give kind of some 
picture of what this might look like for us um, and our family. Randy works, and I mean, I get a, a small paycheck, I guess, for this kind, of, like for doing some of the stuff that I do. But Randy is definitely the bigger bread runner. Wait, breadwinner, whatever. Breadwinner, yeah. Breadwinner. Yeah. He brings home the bacon. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't eat a lot of bread, you know. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do eat a lot of bacon. That's right. uh, um, so, Randy makes the money in our family for the most part. And, but there's still things that I value with, that I like to spend money on. And so, most of what I enjoy spending money on is probably experiences. So, um and, you know, in Randy's mind, they're kind of fleeting experiences. So, but I really enjoy spending money on things like eating out um, or like I love to go to the movies. Although I don't think that we've been to a single movie since COVID. COVID. Bro, yeah. I don't, I really don't think we have. Um, and I like to spend money on maybe like shopping or I don't know what else I like. I like to spend money on small like Target type things. But then Randy likes to spend money on jet boats. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to spend money on big yeah, projects. That's right. That's right. That, and but then he also likes to do like big investments and in things like that. And so there have been, I would say, several times in our marriage where you know he's like, "I want to get this." I'm like, "Well, let's think about it. If you like it for th- in three months, because he's all he would." He's going to tell you that I'm the sporadic spender. That's right, but I am. That's it's right. true. Randy is yeah, the sporadic spender. I spend spender. way more than my watch spends. He used to try to keep me in a box to keep me from spending money, but when you look at the Excel that has the money in it, <laughs> I buy food for our family. It's a humiliating. It really is. But we won't win. We don't have to go there right now. Or we can go toward the end. We kind of do practical, practical (laughs) ways of oneness. But anyways, so, but when I see like, oh, I want to go shopping. Like for, I was pregnant in the middle of COVID. And so I didn't, like I wore, like in the middle of like quarantine COVID in the third trimester. So I didn't really have a huge need for maternity clothes, but I still wanted to buy some. But to Randy, that was like, no, we don't really need to spend money on that right now. And then he might want to spend money on something like an aquaponics thing. And I'm like, no, we don't need to spend money on that right now. So anyways, we have this complicatedness of coming in and wanting what we want. That's right. And you know, when you're single, you make your money and you go spend your money however you want. But it just gets so much more complicated, especially when... It's seen like one person is bringing in the money when the other person is not. You know what I mean? You know. What I mean? Right, right. And we'll talk about that toward the end. Yeah, oh, I want to hit on that kidding. a little bit, but but uh, well, we don't have like a yeah, we don't yeah. Anyways, um, and so yeah, it's complicated, and it gets even more complicated. I've seen when people bring in when one person brings in a large sum or assets into marriage and uh, you know society handles this with you know often with prenups Mm. you know and it's a uh, prenuptial agreement it's just a a written contract that says if this marriage ends then this is yours and this is mine and we know how to break it up 
And, uh, and I mean, that's something that, you know, in my family that has been done a lot, prenuptial agreements. And it's not something I've really ever thought about because I never did consider, like, the fact that um, I just was kind of like, oh, if we want money from, you know, my family or whatever, we would sign this agreement. And, and it doesn't really mean that anything one way or the other. But our, we had this book when we were dating, not even engaged, 101 questions to ask before you get married. And Randy picked out a question because he's like, this one will be easy. What do you think about prenuptial agreements? I was like, yeah, I think that those are... He's like, I think they're kind of dumb. I was like, yeah, me too. But, you know, we probably will end up having to sign one. <laughs> and he's like, what? No, we're not We're not signing one. And we didn't, um, which, you know, wasn't an issue at all with anyone in my family or anything like that. But, you know, just kind of coming on the, the side of when you sign a prenuptial agreement, you're literally banking on getting divorced. Like you're saying, hey... We're going to get married, but for when we get divorced, this is how our money's going to be divided. This is, you know, this is what you get. This is what I get. And I don't know if this is true, but I heard that there are in some states, like the, some liberal states like New York, you can get married for a certain amount of time. Like for this much time, we're going to try this out. And then you can like up the, like up the time commitment if it's working out. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't heard about that. It sounds like a disaster. So I might have made it up. I don't think I did, but anyways. But I think I think the big thing, the heart of prenuptial agreements, like I hate prenuptial agreements, and I believe that God hates prenuptial agreements. Um, but the big thing is probably trust. Really, is what really gets shattered is that, um, you know, in marriage, you you just cannot have a relationship without trust. And in marriage, I think God's design is a deep trust in one another. And so if you are looking at it like trust, the reason that a lot, I mean, I, you can tell the man's side here in a second, but I think the reason where a lot of women, especially women with broken relationship past or, you know, broken families, um, would say, I need to have financial security because if you leave me, I'm going to be left with nothing. So I have to make sure everything's going to be okay in the case that you're gone. That Not just that you're gone, but that you leave me. And so I have to build my own security. I have to have this little, um, you can't see my hands, but, you know, this little pot over here to the side that he can't get into because if something happens, I have to have this. That's right. And for the guy's perspective, primarily if he's kind of the – uh, breadwinner or bring home, brings home the bacon, you know, like we, we said, then, you know, it's this idea of jeepers. I, I don't want to give my spouse all the access to the money that I've earned or maybe the money that I'm bringing into the relationship because she might take it and she might spend it as she pleases. She might go buy a bunch of clothes with it. That's right. <laughs> just, yeah. Like I said, just think about, Yo, your pregnant wife wanted to go buy maturity clothes and say, no, you can't go buy them. <laughs> You're the size of a whale, but you got to squeeze in. You're not going to be that way forever, forever, honey. Wear my clothes. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, but it's, it is a, it's a sense of, 
you know, selfishness. And I don't want them to spend this money, to blow this money, to take this money. And so there's a sense of, I don't trust my spouse. And it's a sense of your spouse saying, if it's the woman, saying, I can't fully trust my spouse, my husband. And, uh, and so there's this element of trust that's just not allowed to take root. The trust that kind of says, hey, I am banking on our marriage. And I like divorce is not an option. I would also say that it leaves you kind of vulnerable, though, too, because, I mean, we're, there's, I mean, again, like we want to live in a way where it's like you can't tell where Randy ends and I begin or I begin and Randy ends or, you know what I'm saying? And so that can leave you in a really vulnerable state because, I mean, if I were to go, you know, um, like Taylor Swift or, you know, Carrie Underwood on Randy and just decide to go like sell his work van and go <laughs> just go crazy, like he'd be left in a really vulnerable space. Or, That's you right. know, he could... You know, we live in a house that I owned before we were married, but he could, you know, sell that house because we're on it together now. And so I have to trust that he's not going to do that, but it does leave us in a vulnerable space. But really, vulnerability is where the beauty of marriage kind of lies, you know? That's right. Um, That's where the beauty of the gospel is, like the whole you're fully known and fully accepted. And if you just think about marriage... It's the most vulnerable relationship because you are known in every way. You're known emotionally, you're known physically, you're known sexually, you're known spiritually, and you're also known financially. And so that vulnerability and trust mixed together brings uh, so much beauty and even display of the gospel in something as simple as, hey, are both of our names on our bank account and do we... You know, are we hiding money from each other and different things like that? But you were saying that to be one, to be one, and then we're talking about finances. So to be one in finances is to bank on your marriage. That's right. That's right. But also with vulnerability. Yeah, it's like it's a reality that, for example, when we got married, my wife had some savings that was a significant amount of savings. It wasn't like, um, I can retire by any means, but it was a significant amount of savings that, you know, it was a, um, uh, amount that she had saved up and it also some had been gifted to her. And when we got married, just the vulnerability of what's well, like, Hey, that amount is now ours. And I was planning to buy something real good with it. I just didn't know what. Yet. That's right. That's right. And so, but it's like, Hey, that amount is ours. And so from my wife's perspective, she's got to really trust because in every way it looks like it could be, well, Randy is taking what I have. But it's not that I am taking it per se. It's that it is ours. And that means that I have access to it and you have access to it because we are one. And that money, y'all ended up buying um, some stuff for our business. And we, you know, it's really served us very, very well. And uh, it served our family very well. But from the outset, from Hillary's perspective, it's like, hey, 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 hey. I feel very vulnerable here. And she was very vulnerable there. 
And but she had to trust that I was going to use that money for the good of our family and to build a, our family and get us, um, you know, get money coming in, provide income for our family. So it comes down to you have to know, um, you have to trust your spouse and you have to believe that your marriage is good and you have to fight for your marriage so that you are banking on your marriage. Randy has written down here, we're one ship, sink or float, we're one. So if we go bankrupt, we go bankrupt together. That's right. That's right. And we if, get wealthy, we get wealthy together. Yeah. That's right. You win the lotto, you win it together. <laughs> you win it together. That's right. And so, but also it requires men to be men and to be trustworthy, right? And for men to pursue above all else God's design for marriage, pursue oneness. And it requires women above all else to pursue God's design for marriage. Yeah. And oneness. And so, because when men and women are pursuing God's design, then men are not going to be leaving their families. So there's not a need for this safety net to fall back on. Um, you're going to be communicating and you're going to want good for each other. So you're not going to be, you know, the Lord does not withhold good from his children. So we don't have to withhold good from one another, which is a struggle when you believe that good is something very different than what your spouse believes is good. That's where that whole values thing comes in. But if you want your spouse to thrive, then sometimes you can, you know, put a lot of money in on some aquaponics just to see if it thrives or not. And then sometimes, you know, you can put money in for a beach vacation or something like that, even if it's not something that you would normally do on your own. That's right. That's right. You consider one another. You consider one another. Yeah, that's use good. that money as a tool to consider one another and to serve one another and to love one another. I, uh, but yeah, I was just thinking like, um, in marriage so far, we've been married now for three years and uh, we're going on four. Um, and so, uh, or it'll be four next year, you know, this time. Right, yeah. Yeah. We just yeah, we just hit three more. Yeah, we just had our anniversary a few days ago. And uh but just in this small amount of time, it's almost like and from my life and what I've seen of other couples, it's like you're traveling down this road together and there's so many forks in the road. And if you find yourself kind of separated from each other, not trusting each other, it's so easy to take a fork and to kind of split. But it's just, I know that it's my job and my responsibility. It's the job of every man, every marriage, every woman that's married, a man that's married, to pursue oneness and all those forks and to protect your marriage because it's more important than the reasons that you would fork because it's God's glory that's at stake. And uh, so I just cannot make that, can't drive that home enough. Like That's the reason, the bedrock for why marriage and why oneness um and so yeah i think uh we hit on fears a little bit um and i mean we can go back to that fears thing um because i mean for me you know there there was something and maybe i'm i'm saying the same thing we've already said but I guess like I'm trying to communicate like it was a big deal in my heart um, 
that like I really worried that okay, Randy wants me right now, but what if, you know, in five, ten, fifteen years he doesn't and if he just leaves and you know, people don't normally get divorces on good terms, so why would he want to leave me with anything if he wants to leave me? And, you know, this is also, we've been to counseling and, you know, I've worked through a lot of this stuff, but this is like the rawness of where my heart was, um, you know, in engagement and when we're having to think through all this financial stuff. But I came to a point where like it, like I remember putting Randy's name on the title to the house and it being like, honestly, it was like a lordship decision where it was me saying, okay, you know, what worst case scenario, what if he does? Like, what if this happens? It's like, will God still be good? Yes. Will God provide for me? Yes. And do I have to go down that worst case scenario road? No, I don't. I don't even have to go there. All I have to do is trust the Lord right now. And my trust in the Lord is able to empower me to trust my husband. And I can trust my husband, not because he's always been trustworthy, but because the Lord has always been trustworthy. And I do believe that the Lord dwells in my husband's heart. And so with that, it allows me to walk in freedom. And it does allow me, Randy was talking about, you know, for the woman, it's a call for her to, um, to live out God's design like it is for a man to live out God's design. But for me to kind of help keep that ship afloat by, um, you know, not just spending friv- frivolously on things that are not necessary, but also being able to come to my husband and communicate when it is like, hey, um, I want this. And yeah, ship's floating okay. Yeah. yeah. And so to have that open communication and then also to kind of be like, hey, we don't need this thing that you want, <laughs> not necessary. But then also, you know, for me to say, you know, a lordship decision and just a, a giving of myself to say, yeah, I do want you to have this because, you know, we want to make each other, like, happy. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Just this week we had an experience where I spent a great sum of money, <laughs> bigger than either of us ever have with the exception of the business. and. Um, my car has been kind of going out a little bit. And so we said that the next car that we get and the next house that we get, we're going to, it's going to be something that we can have for a long time, fit a lot of kids, all that. So we, I, it wasn't we, I bought a minivan. And you know what? I trust her to buy it. Yeah. So you can go buy it, pick it out, pick the one you want. Turns out he shouldn't have, though. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a bad minivan. I bought a van. My husband returned it two days later. That's how it went. But you know what? It's for the sake of our family. And uh, yeah. had some problems with it that uh, that we didn't know about. And then, you know, the dealership didn't know about. But he wasn't with, like, he so. was home with, um, it was nap time when I, I went to LA. go yeah, look. Right. So um, I called him on the phone. He's like, go ahead. Like, it's a good deal. Put the offer in. I did, signed all the papers, didn't uh, drive the van home because I wanted to get everything out of my car. I didn't want to make a new car messy, you know. And then Randy went to go look at it the next day or two days later, and it had been painted up the side. It had been in a wreck and was not on the Carfax. So, anyways, Randy got us out of the 
Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's a side note. That Irrelevant. Side note, Other side than note. that. But it is, you know, highs and lows of the past few weeks. And so, you know, a week or whatever. And it's a financial thing where it's like my husband did trust me yeah. with uh, some, you know, a thou- thousands of dollars to go that's right. make a decision. Maybe, you know, it's debatable whether or not he should have at this point. But That's right. Yeah, I just regret I set my wife up for for you know any failure that did occur. But it, the point too, I want to say this is that you know my wife was talking about how um, you know she was like I'm gonna put my husband's name on the deed of our home, and you know what that does in my heart is it says my wife trusts me, and I'm not gonna let my wife down. Yeah, I'm going to. We're one. We're on the same team, and. It makes me love my wife even more because that vulnerability is so beautiful. And I know like we have to protect it. And when I see it, I'm so thankful that God has given me such a vulnerable and trusting wife and it doesn't go unnoticed. And it doesn't like it it grows my affections from my heart and says, "Yeah, we're the team." And it builds our relationship. And uh, in all things, it's like, I am so excited about oneness. We have some things that aren't one, but they're at least in my wife's name. Yeah, and so... Oh, because our cars aren't. Our cars. Some of our cars. Both like cars that. are in both my name. Both cars are in her name. Yeah. But it's like, I'm perfectly okay with that. But that's only because you both have to physically be there to sign it. That's and right. it just that's so right. happened that he wasn't. That's right. And so, and we could now, but it's like... Okay, yeah, I'm. I think God's design is oneness, and um, but that's not an area where I'm like, okay, I don't feel like this is a big purchase, a big amount of money, um, and I don't feel like it's a point of contention. Like my wife is, you know, I don't. So in that sense, I, I'm just not too worried about it. But but the point is, um, I love oneness in marriage because it really does create this vulnerability. You said that. You know, the oneness, like me making a, like a lordship decision kind of encourages, empowers you to want to be the man that God's called you in to be. But the reality is, and maybe this is a turn that we're not ready to, to take, but the reality is, is that some people are in marriages and they have these divides because they're in a marriage that is to someone that's not trustworthy. That's right. That's right. And that's why I wanted to go to. And so, okay, because it's the idea that. All right, now, now all of a sudden you start saying, let's just say, for example, you aren't willing to put your spouse's name on your the house deed, right? And then all of a sudden, it's actually, it's almost like you, you're never stationary. You're either going toward each other or you're going away from each other. Yeah, you're not just in a parallel line in marriage. Yeah, you're not walking been... side by side. And uh, and so what that would, in the back of, I, I mean, it would have to, in the back of my mind or the back of a spouse's mind, be like, that person doesn't trust me. And therefore, I'd better be on my best behavior because this person could kick me out of this house if they don't own it. Or this person could do this. And it makes it so that it it, it just hinders. Not like it doesn't allow it completely, but it hinders the vulnerability. It hinders trust of one another. And so that you're actually not growing together closer, but in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, we're two people. You know, we are not one one person where it's hard to find out what one person owns, one person, you know, doesn't own. It's it's this idea that we're two people and we know exactly who owns what. 
And uh, we're not pursuing oneness, we're pursuing two-ness. Yeah, and I would say that if you are someone that is in, it doesn't even have to be with finances, but if there is where you're seeing that this spouse doesn't trust me or, or you know, if you're kind of, as you're thinking about this, you're seeing these areas where there is a lack of trust, I think I would encourage you to lean in towards your spouse and with a, a heart of compassion and a heart of empathy to try to discover um, in not a arrogant way or a like defensive way, but why is it that your spouse um, is fearful to be vulnerable? Why does your spouse have this lack of trust? And being honest, like, is it something that you have done to cause a lack of trust? Have you left your spouse vulnerable before and not cared for him or her? Um, or is it something in the past? Has he or she been left vulnerable in the past and not been cared for? Has someone broke their trust in the past, whether it be you or another man or woman? And so um, I think entering into that, with a heart of compassion and a heart of empathy and a desire to redeem that in their life. That's right. And so, like, that's where it's like, it goes so, it's, it's such a bigger deal than finances. That's right. And that's where finances is just one aspect of a much bigger picture of what's going on. Because if your husband or wife is struggling to hand over, you know, money to you and put your names on something together there's probably a reason why and so to step into that to understand that and then to help them and for yourself to to apply the gospel to that very beautiful that's right that's right and i really do believe that it's like okay you say hey i don't know if i can trust my spouse you know it's kind of reminds me of that picture of uh, was it Haggai or who was the guy that God said, go marry this prostitute, this harlot in the Old Testament? Hosea? Hosea. It was oh, Hosea. Yeah. And uh, and it's this idea that I think the right thing is to pursue oneness regardless because the only shot you have for your marriage is to create trust and vulnerability. And by being two, you're not walking down that road. You're not allow being two in your finances. You're not allowing for oneness to take place, for there to be vulnerability and to trust. And so I think, especially for men, like you have to give over your finances. It's God's design. Even if you're like my wife is somewhat untrustworthy, or my wife is, you know, I'm having a hard time trusting her. Let's just say, worst case scenario, your wife just destroys you financially she just runs away with your money it's like that was still you pursuing god's design you pursuing you submitting to god's design and that is worthwhile you were pursuing a vulnerability and trust with your wife even though you lost just like i'll, I'll keep saying that guy but hosea right his wife ran away and god said yeah, that's exactly what my church has been doing to me. That's exactly what I feel. And I think that you would find yourself in this position with God himself in that destruction of, God, this is what you feel like with your church. Hmm. And uh, I think you would know God more. But I think in in every way, spiritually, it would be worthwhile. That's good. And I think you'd be wise to do it. Yeah. And so I think 
where we're going here, and I guess where we kind of want to tie the bow on it, is that you would pursue oneness. You would seek to reflect um, the image of God in your marriage. And on the flip side of things, that you would seek to trust the Lord and let the trust that you have in the Lord um, empower you to trust your spouse, that you would lean into one another, have empathy, have compassion, and seek to understand one another where this is a struggle, but that ultimately you would also repent and seek God's design. That's right. That's right. And so in all the aspects of life, shared bank accounts, money, um, on your your will or what, whatever you're, you're thinking about, really the principle... Um, that I think you should be asking yourself, like my wife said, am I pursuing oneness? And uh, what's really the purpose of my marriage? Is it God's glory or is it my own little kingdom that I'm trying to build up for myself? That's good. So. And we, you know, we could talk about a ton of different topics in oneness. We could talk about sex. We could talk about, um, you know, just family, like Family life becoming one family, yeah, your time, own emotion. Like, right, yeah, right. there's so many different things. This is just one application of oneness. It's the finances. So maybe we'll come back in a few weeks and explore another area. But we're so glad that you were with us today. And we hope that you will be with us again. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.